This special message was recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. Open your hearts and join us as Pastor Zach Cherian brings us this teaching. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22. If you're there, please say yes, sir. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea... And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat... He walked on the water to go to Jesus. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. 30. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that today we will be taught your word. Thank you that revelation knowledge is going to flow freely in this place without any hindrance, without any stop. I thank you that your revelation flows through my mind, O God. I thank you that your word is going to come forth in this place. Thank you that you are conforming us daily into the image of Jesus from glory to glory. Thank you for what you are doing in this place. We love you. We worship you. And I give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, it's a a weird day for Jesus. He's kind of having a bad day, if you know what I mean. It starts off with him getting the news that his cousin just gets beheaded. John the Baptist was just killed. And on a day that you would think Jesus needs to take a break, it's the day you take a break. The Bible says he's moved with compassion for the people as the people came up to him. And he starts to speak to them. And then a little while later, if you hear in the rest of the story that the people get hungry because they've been sitting there for so long. And the disciples see a problem. They come to Jesus and they say, Lord, the people are hungry. And Jesus responds very strangely that I want to point out real quickly before I go any further. Jesus responds to them and says, you go feed them. You go feed them. Could I present to you today that the feeding of the 5,000 men, their wives and their children added, was never meant to be a miracle of Jesus. It was meant to be a miracle of the disciples. In fact, when you read the story in the book of Mark and in the book of John, if I'm not wrong, even after the whole walking on the water thing had happened, Jesus, the chapter ends by saying, the people did not understand what happened with the feeding. Because their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand that that miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 was supposed to be something that they were supposed to do. 
Often we think it's our job to come and tell Jesus what the problem is in prayer. And so we come to him and say, God, would you solve this? God, would you do this? God, would you heal this person? God, would you be the answer here? God, there's, uh, there's problems going on in this country. Oh God, America is going to hell. And we're very good at what we consider the concept or the art of intercession or prayer. Because we're very good at telling God everything that's wrong. But God often responds with the same problem. You go solve it. Whoa, Lord, my calling is intercessor. (laughs) I'm just supposed to tell you everything that goes wrong. I'm just supposed to come and pray. It's crazy how prayer is often our idea of complaining to God about everything that's going wrong. You go solve it. There's everybody waiting on the bad people to repent so America will come to its knees. Everybody's waiting for the laws that are being passed. And oh boy, we're freaking out. Like, you know, like nobody's been doing this stuff before. And we pray, oh God, won't you come save our country and make those bad people repent? And God would look to you and say, you go solve the problem. I don't think you're waiting on God. I think God's waiting on you. Amen, Zach. I don't think you're waiting on God. I think God's waiting on you. Lord, would you feed the problem? Was was it a real problem? Yes. Could Jesus feed them? Of course he did it. But why did he, did Jesus know that there was only one boy there with a, with a lunchbox with five loaves and two fishes? Huh? Yes. And yet Jesus tells them, you go feed them. Why? Because he expected them to have the faith to do the miracle. And they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And they knew something was off. Something was off. We missed something, but they couldn't put their finger on it. And so Jesus says, you go away. He doesn't even wait for the disciples to send off the crowd. He sends the disciples away so Jesus can send off the crowd. That's how annoyed Jesus was. The day you fire your boys, says, just go, just go, just go. Just get on the boat and go. And then he sends the multitudes away. It's kind of weird. Wasn't the job of the disciples just disperse them? And then he goes up to pray and And I'm sure in the boat, I wouldn't, if you would let me please take your imagination with me. Peter's on the boat going, something happened that I didn't understand. I missed something. What did I miss? Isn't he God? Isn't he the one that does the miracles? Isn't he the one that solves problems? Isn't he the one that's supposed to heal? Isn't he the one that's supposed to deliver? Isn't he the one that's supposed to multiply? Isn't it God's job to do all these things? I mean, it's my job to pray. I'm just supposed to, God, supposed to go to God in prayer and tell Him everything that's going wrong in the world. And then God's job is to come and solve the problem. But instead He looks at me and says, you go solve it. Wait a minute. Kind of sounds like Christianity today, doesn't it? And Peter's in the boat wondering, I missed something, I missed something. I missed something, I missed an opportunity for something spectacular. I missed something, I didn't get it. Why? Because they weren't even thinking that way. They, their, their minds weren't even thinking that I could do it. And the whole point of Jesus coming to the earth was to show you not that He was God. He doesn't have an identity crisis. He knows who He is. He didn't have to heal a single person to tell Himself who He was. He knew who He was. The reason why Jesus came wasn't to prove to you who He was. It was to prove to you who you are. Jesus did not come so He could do miracles. He he came so He could show you that you can do it 
also. <laughs> he came to tell random fishermen who weren't prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, blah, 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 blah. He came to talk to random fishermen, tax collectors, random dudes like you and I. And look at us and say, no, I expect you to do it. I expect you to do the supernatural. The supernatural is supposed to be so natural in the life of a believer. It's not when one person gets healed, we talk about it like it's the only thing that ever happened. No, the supernatural is supposed to be so common. The, the miraculous is supposed to be such an everyday thing in the life of a believer. Could it be that we go through life every day missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity? Because we're like, oh God, God didn't answer that prayer. God didn't answer that prayer. It's maybe because the answer He gave isn't what you wanted to hear. You go feed them. America's going down. Well, you go save it. I could go on that for a long time. Boy, have mercy. I want you to know the solution to every problem that you face is you. You are the solution to every prayer that you're praying. (laughs) He's saying, don't pray. No, no, go pray. But as soon as you pray, you're going to find out you are the answer to the problem. Because God's going to look at you and say, you go solve it. Oh God, what do I do about the situation? Oh God, oh God, what do we do about this problem here? You're the answer. You are the answer. Listen to me. What you see as a problem is a good indication of whatever you are called to change. Please hear me Whatever you are bothered by, whatever you hate is a good indication of whatever it is that God's called you to change. If you are bothered by it, don't come and try to make it my burden. If it bothers you, if it is something that annoys you, don't wonder why it doesn't annoy me because it ain't my cross to bear. You're a pastor, you're supposed to be bothered. No, it's not. It's your problem. Apparently you're the one who's bothered by it. Don't go around pushing burdens on other people that's meant to be yours. If you see something that's bothering you, if you see something in a situation that you think is wrong, you are the answer to that problem. Amen. Don't throw it on to God. Oh God, would you take care of this? No, you go feed him. Now does God do come in and clean up the act? Yeah, he does. Sure. Bring it here to me, he says. You missed it, boys. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. One day they were in a sea. And, and, and there was a storm that came at them. Now you know it's a storm and the fishermen call it a storm, right? Yeah. Them boys live on that thing. When they call it a crisis, it's a crisis. And they're in a storm and they're freaking out. And there's Jesus sleeping in the boat. And, oh Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that we die? That sounds like intercession. <laughs> You're questioning the very character of God in that prayer. Don't you care? Idiot. How dare you? How dare you? What do you mean don't I care? And it starts going crazy. There's a storm. The boys are thinking they're dying. We're dying. We're dying. We're dying. So they go down to the bottom of the boat and Jesus is sleeping. Jesus is sleeping. Isn't that the most beautiful picture in all the Bible? There's a storm going on. The dudes on the top think they're going to die. And Jesus, in fact, it says he had his head on a pillow. I'm not making this stuff up. Jesus is sleeping. Just about the time I saw Jesus sleeping, I'd be like, it's going to be alright. It's going to be alright. 
No, they have to take it to the next step. Jesus, wake up, wake up. Don't you care that we die? And the Bible says Jesus wakes up and he's annoyed. <laughs> if it was me, it would be because you messed my sleep. Jesus gets annoyed, comes up, stands up, looks at them and says, Oh, you of little faith, how long will I put up with you? And then he speaks to the storm and he says, Peace. And he speaks to the waves and he says, Be still. And the storm dies. Why was Jesus annoyed? Because the storm was their problem to solve. Jesus expected them to solve this problem. And yet they couldn't. And they kept running back to Jesus. Lord, would you save us? Lord, won't you do this? No, 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 no. You don't understand, boys. You've been hanging around me long enough to know that I've given you enough of my power. Every time they would, they would try to do something, Jesus would say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. In fact, I read that as has faith in God all my life until I really read the real translation. The word in doesn't exist there. We said in because it was really hard to translate. The words Jesus is saying there is have faith of God. He was saying, have the faith of God. For I am crucified with Christ. He says that He's given us the Son, the life of the Son. Not life in the Son, the life of the Son. You have the very life of God. You have the very faith of God. And you already have the solution to whatever it is that you're facing right now. You already have the answer. Prayer is not me trying to get God to do something. Prayer is me trying to appropriate what God has already done for me. Please hear me. Please hear me, folks. Because if we're going to not know these things, we're going to be praying wrong prayers and receiving the same answer we've been getting all our life. Struggling with the same battles, fighting with the same demons, same issues, running in again and again and again, asking God to keep solving these problems. A day comes when God's going to go, Hey, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to know what I've already given to you? When are you going to act like I've given you everything I possibly can? And when will you stop making me look like a liar as if I didn't already give it to you? Because whenever you pray a prayer, asking God to give you something He's already given you, my Bible calls it unbelief. Why couldn't we, Lord? Why couldn't we? Because of your unbelief. Unbelief is asking God to do something He's already done. Asking God to give you what He's already given to you. It's not often that we don't have faith in God. Actually, we all have faith in God. What we don't know is that we have the faith of God. The solution to the problem is not you having faith in God. Can God do it? Of course God can do it. That was never the question. The question is not, can God heal? Of course He can heal. The question is not, can God deliver? Of course God can deliver. That was never the question. The question is, do you know that you have the same faith that God has? (laughs) Because the solution to your problem is not God coming through and and rescuing you just because you're a little baby and you can't do it yourself. Every single time. Maybe the solution to your problem is you finding out what you have, who you are, and solving it yourself. 
You go feed them. You go speak to that storm. You go face the giant. Oh Lord, would you come and fight? No, 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 no. You, you got to do it. You got to do it. I want you to grow up. I want you to grow up. Peter's going crazy in the boat. All these questions in his head. Ah, what did we miss? What did we miss? What did we miss? You missed an opportunity for the supernatural. You missed an opportunity for the spectacular. Can you imagine that verse should have said... That verse should have said, and the disciples said, yes, Lord. And they went and multiplied the food. <laughs> and Peter held the basket in his hands. Boof, full. Here we go. Pass this on. Oh, it's empty. Bring it back here. Boof, full. Here you go. Pass it on. No fish. Boof, take it on. That's how the story is supposed to go. They were supposed to be the ones that multiplied the food, and they didn't. Because they were waiting on God to do it. Could it be that we're missing out on so much in our life because we're continuously praying the wrong prayers, asking God to solve the problem. Can God do it? Of course He can. That's not the point. That has never been the problem. Does God's name work? Of course it works. That's never the problem. The question is, do you know that it works through you? Do you know that you can work it just like Jesus worked it? Work it! (laughs) Do you know that you have the same power that Jesus had. In fact, book of 1 John says, As He is, so are we in this life. See, that's the part we miss. Because we're all, oh, when we all get to heaven, we'd be like Jesus. No, no, no. That verse says, you're like Jesus now. Amen. Oh Lord, watch out now. You have His power, you have His ability, you have His anointing, you have His faith. Good God, you have the same faith that Jesus has. You have the same Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside of you. The question is not, can God do it? (laughs) The question is, do you know that you can Jesus sends them away. They get into the boat. Peter is messed up. I'll tell you, that was one long boat journey if you read that verse. It's about a fourth hour now. It's like, boy, how long are you going to ride that thing? Jesus sent them way before it was evening. It's either that the, the storm was so bad that they couldn't beat it, or that they were just sitting in the boat going, what happened? What happened there, dude? What did we miss out on? What did we do wrong? I mean, I, I, can't, I can't see what I did wrong. We prayed, didn't we? Isn't <laughs> that what we're supposed to do? Take your burdens to the Lord in prayer. And leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Huh? Isn't that my job to go to God and whine and pray? And Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Beloved, could it be that we're missing out on victories? We're missing out on battles that are meant to be won because we're waiting on God to come and fight them for us. Or sometimes we ask the pastor to do it. And all along, God's waiting on you. There's a storm coming against them that's threatening to drown them. The Bible says it was boisterous. Say boisterous. Boisterous. I just like that word. I just like to say boisterous. I just want to walk down the road random one day and go, Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing boisterous, dude. Just boisterous. Say boisterous. boisterous. Doesn't that sound good? I like it. Boisterous. It's a boisterous storm. I mean, that storm was rocking, dude. Boisterous. 
And so Peter's sitting in the boat, freaking out. Oh Lord, save us, we're about to die. And here comes their solution to their prayer. The one who has the power to save them from the storm that's about to drown them. And, and they see the solution to their answer. They're crying out, Lord, save us, Lord, save us. Lord comes walking on the very thing that's threatening to drown them. The solution to their problem, walking on their problem. I'm like, that's a cool picture, that can preach, dude. While I was preparing for this, I'm like, what do I title this sermon? God doesn't want you to swim through your storm. He wants you to walk on your storm. <laughs> so that would be cool. Because <laughs> religion's always telling you, God's giving you the grace to swim through it. No, He don't. He gives you the grace to walk on it, baby. Come on. Amen. And here comes the solution to their problem. Lord, save us. Lord, save us. And Lord comes walking by. And what do they scream? It's a ghost. <laughs> It's a ghost. It sounds like Pentecostal people to me. Lord, send revival. Oh, Lord, send revival. We need revival in America today. (laughs) The Lord comes walking by. It's the devil. It's the devil. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude, every time God shows up, weird things happen. Can I have a witness? God just likes to mess everything in your head. He's not going to do things the way you are used to him doing it. He doesn't like to live in a box. You can't build a little railway track and tell him to run across. He's just going to do wild stuff like walk on the water. (laughs) Jesus like walking on the water. They just wanted Jesus to come and say, peace be still. No, no, no. I'm going to walk on the water. I'm going to do something so weird. You're going to freak out and think I'm a ghost. How about that? The very solution to their problems here. And they're rebuking it. (laughs) Ah, this is beautiful. Men of great faith. Jesus speaks to them and says, do not be afraid, it's I. Why did Jesus say, don't be afraid? Because they were. (laughs) They were freaking out. Like the storm wasn't bad enough, there's a ghost walking on the storm. This is like some crazy movie. We're about to die, and it just gets weirder. Peter immediately, knowing that he missed something just a little while back. He knows he missed something really big. He knows he missed the opportunity for the supernatural. He knows he missed his chance to do something so ridiculous. Like feeding the 5,000. If I miss that, I'm going to do something next. He says, Lord, if it's you... If it's you, say the word. If it's you, Lord, say the word. I want to do what you're doing. Can I do it? Can I do it? Please, 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 please. Reminds me of my little girls. Every time you do something weird, they want to do it too. Please, please. Can I, can I, can I ride the bike? Can I, can I drive the car? Please. Please, can I jump on the trampoline? Please, can I climb the tree and jump down? Please, please. It's this raw, childlike faith. Peter's like, that's cool. Can I do it too? <laughs> And Jesus says the word. Watch this. Come. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. hearing. The initiation of faith always comes by a word that you hear. You always step out in faith because you heard or hear, hear a word. God said, come, come. Peter did not look back and have a board meeting with the other 11 and say, what do you think we should do right now? Uh, let's have a consensus because you guys are fishermen. Some of you all know what to do. What do you th- Jesus just said, come. What do you think we should do? You're going to drown. 
We're fishermen. We know this more than anybody else. You get into the water, splush. No, let's see. Often when the Lord commands us to do something so radical, something so difficult, you always go to get consensus from people. And I'll tell you something. God didn't speak to them, so they have no clue. They will always lead you in a different direction. You're always waiting for people to understand your craziness. How do you explain to the leaven? God told me to walk on water. How do you explain that to people? You see, many of you have been waiting for confirmation. Some of you are just waiting on the Lord for for a second word. Lord, if it's really you, say come twice. See, beloved, we are not moved by circumstances. We are led by the voice of God. We're not led by waiting for things to confirm and, and playing Gideon's games. No, that was the old covenant. In the new covenant, we're led by the voice of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God says the word come, get out and jump. I don't care what sense tells you. I don't care what people tell you. I don't care what anybody's saying. When the Lord says do it, baby, you better get your little butt out of the boat and do it. Peter gets out and guess what? Guess what? This is my favorite part of the story. Peter starts walking Ah! (laughs) on water. See, all your life you've been told the rest of the story. When he fell and how he drowned and got (laughs) Peter walked on water. Go home, everybody. I'm done preaching. Dude, listen to me. This is so cool. Peter walked. No, no, everybody knows Jesus can do it. Please, 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 please. Everybody knows Jesus can heal the sick. Everybody knows Jesus can deliver. Everybody knows Jesus can bless. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't Jesus. It was Peter. It was Peter doing what Jesus could do. Peter was walking on the very thing. Watch this. That was threatening to drown them. Peter was not under. He was on top. He was an overcomer. He wasn't allowing the storm that was threatening to drown them to drown him and kill him. Peter was walking on the very thing that was threatening to kill him. I'll get to that other part. Wait, wait, stop it. y'all! I can see in your head you're running to the next part already. (laughs) Stop it. Peter's walking on water. Did you just read that? Peter is walking on water. He obeyed the Lord and God honored it. And Peter is now walking on the water. Why? Because whenever you obey God, believer, believe it or not, you will do what Jesus is doing. Amen. Whenever you will obey the word of God, I don't care if it goes against all sense. I don't care if it goes against everything you've been taught. Because I'll tell you what, walking on water went against everything common sense and fisherman manual told Peter. Say this, I can do it. Say this, I can do what Jesus does. Say, I'm not waiting on God. God's waiting on me. Folks, listen to me. You can sit in that little cute boat and bless God, wait for Jesus to come and calm your storm. Or you can take, God, say the word, say the word, say the word. And get out and walk over the very thing that's threatening to drown you doing. While the other 11 losers sit in the boat. (laughs) 
you're walking on the water. I'll tell you what, man, at the end of the day, I'd rather be a Peter that tried and failed than a bunch of bums who didn't move. Jesus would have said, come to every single one of them. (laughs) Why was it only Peter that had the faith to ask? Can I do it too? Can I do that too? Please say the word, say the word. And Peter starts walking. I'm going to close with this. He starts walking on the water. (laughs) Peter is, I got to stop there. Hold on, hold on, this is beautiful. Peter is walking on the water. Have you tried that before? I have. (laughs) But Peter was walking on the water. (laughs) Peter was walking on the water. That problem that was threatening to drown him had no power over him now. He was actually walking on top of it. See, that problem that's threatening to drown you, that you've been crying out to God for help, Lord, save me. See, you are meant to walk on top of it. You see that boss that's annoying you, that's threatening to fire you? See that problem that's in front of you? You're supposed to walk on top of it. You see that contract you're waiting to sign? You see that, that disease that's standing in front of you that you're like, oh God, heal me, oh God, heal me. You see, God wants you to walk on top of it. Amen. <laughs> he doesn't want you to be under it. God don't want you to swim through your storm. God wants you to walk on your storm. Hear me. He doesn't want to give you the grace to swim through your storm. He gives you the power to walk on your storm. And it all starts with you obeying the word. Come, you do it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. But then there was a problem. Peter takes his eyes off the Lord. (laughs) Peter takes his eyes off the Lord and starts looking at the wind and the storm. I'll tell you what, whatever you're looking at overpowers you. Whatever you're looking at overpowers you. You will always manifest the power of whatever you're looking at. (laughs) You look at Jesus, you do things that Jesus does. You look at the storm, you start freaking out. And Peter starts getting afraid. Fear starts coming into him. You know when fear comes into every situation? I'll tell you what, listen to me carefully. There's many of you, this, the Lord gave me this word right before I came down. It was a prophetic word. There are many of you freaking out about situations in your life. You're freaking out, you're freaking out, and you think it's prayer. No, it's not. Freaking out is a sign that you're looking at the wrong thing. <laughs> Peter didn't have time to freak out when he was looking at Jesus. He was just walking on the storm. Peter didn't have time to do anything when he was looking at Jesus. He was enjoying it. I'm sure Jesus and him would have walked all the way across. Fear is a good sign that you're looking at the wrong problem, looking at the wrong thing. Now watch this carefully. I'm closing with this. He heard the word. Faith came by hearing. They heard the word. He stepped out. But that word that he stepped out on wasn't enough to sustain him when he was walking on the water. The walking on the water faith did not come from a word he heard that he obeyed. The walking on the water came from a faith that came from looking at the face of Jesus. I don't know if you're getting this. Hebrews verse 11, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That verse there, believe that he is. It's not talking about you believing in the existence of a God. It's about living in the awareness of God. I've said this so many times about the awareness of God. What is it to be aware of God? What does it mean to be living in the awareness of God? To be in the awareness of God means to look at Jesus no matter what you're going through. To keep your eyes on Jesus no matter what your decisions are. No matter what is facing you, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus because 
as long as your eyes are on Jesus, you have faith to overcome it. As soon as you take your eyes off of Jesus and start looking at the problem, that's when fear and worry creeps in. Please hear me. Fear is not some normal emotion in the Bible. The Bible tells you 300 and how many times, honey? 65. I can never get that number right. The Bible says 365 times, fear not. Fear not. But the third time, I would be convinced it's not a suggestion. 365 times, for goodness sakes. When is the church going to accept that fear is the, has the same power that faith has? Except fear is the power of the enemy. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear is not from God, beloved. I'll tell you what. As soon as fear comes in, the very thing that you're trying to walk over will walk over you. Whenever you allow fear and you think it's just a natural emotion. Oh, it's just natural to be afraid. No, it's not. God forbids fear. Fear is not, 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 not for you. As soon as fear comes in, all sense of faith is gone. Even the word he heard with which he stepped into the water. See, many of you have got into things because you heard the word of the Lord. You heard God's word. You stepped by faith into the situation. You were doing great until suddenly, all of a sudden, things started to go all crazy. And you started to look at what was going crazy. Here's the funny thing. It was going crazy all along. You just didn't notice it because you were looking at. (laughs) I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm blessing myself today. It wasn't that you didn't hear God. Hear me. It wasn't that you didn't obey God. It wasn't that the word was not from God. It was from God. You did walk on water, but you lost focus, folks. You lost focus. And God wants to restore back focus. That faith that keeps me. The faith to obey comes from hearing the word. But the faith that keeps me comes from me looking at the face of Jesus. It comes from me being aware of his presence in the middle of a storm. It comes from me being aware of God. I'm amused how many believers I know around me that have no God. My God, you can go months without hearing the word God or the presence of God come out of their mouth. I don't know if I'm a Jesus freak or one of them weird people, but I'll tell you what, man, every part of our being is God. Everything, every breath you breathe is God. Everything you have is from God. I hope you are so consumed with God that people have a problem with you. I want to be so God conscious, man, because the faith that sustains me doesn't come from an obedience that I did from a word I heard. The faith that keeps me does not come from one word I heard that I jumped out with. The faith that keeps me comes from a faith that grows in me from me keeping my eyes on Jesus. This is good stuff. Amen, Amen, Zach. You got out, you did well, you started drowning. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't God's will. Maybe this wasn't from the Lord. Maybe this, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I, I, oh, I misheard the Lord. Maybe it wasn't God. No, 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 no. Don't start doubting just because you looked off, dude. Take your eyes back on Jesus. The same Jesus that helped you walk that far will help you get right back up and keep walking. Listen to me. Don't let the devil come and tell you it's your sin. <laughs> it's your sin. That's why you're drowning. It doesn't touch you when you're around Jesus. Because the love of Jesus has the ability to cover your sins. Jesus comes to Peter and says, Peter, why did you doubt? Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt, dude? We were doing so good. <laughs> we were doing great. 
Why'd you doubt? And then I want you to take your imagination with me for just a minute. I don't know how far away from Jesus Peter was. But as soon as he started sinking, he cried, Lord, save me. I don't know how far. Jesus was pretty far off. They thought he was a ghost. He was pretty far off. Peter walked a little bit, but then he started drowning. So I'm, I'm guessing Jesus was still a little far off. But then the Bible says the Lord stretched out his hand. <laughs> if you're as weird as me, <laughs> you're imagining how weird I am right now. The Lord stretched out his hand. I don't know how far Jesus was from Peter. But I do know one thing. The hand of the Lord got to wherever he was. And I don't care how far that hand went before it got to him, but it kept going to wherever Peter was, baby. <laughs> the hand of the Lord went to Peter. And I believe Jesus and Peter walked back. They walked back. Because Jesus, Peter was a little heavy boy. The Bible teaches that. When Jesus rose again, John and Peter started running, and the Bible says Peter was so fat that John beat him to the, to the grave. I'm not making this stuff up. God's not waiting to carry you through. He wants you to walk it. He wants you to walk it. Every storm that God's carried you through only shows the storm that you were meant to go through yourself that you didn't. Does God have a problem with carrying you? No, He loves you. He loves you. I love carrying charisma. But if charisma is as old as Danny and Rudy are, and then she comes and says, carry me, something is seriously wrong with that thing. I just imagine Rudy coming and jumping in my hand. <laughs> Something is seriously wrong with that picture. <laughs> God don't want you to swim through your storm. And sure, God will carry you through. But I'll tell you what, what's better. He wants you to walk on your storm. Amen. And that comes from a faith that comes from you. Please hear me. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, you heard the voice of God and you stepped out. And then it seemed like all kinds of hell broke loose. No, no, no. Don't worry. Hell was always breaking loose. You just didn't have time to notice it. The fact that you know that hell is breaking loose only shows that you're looking at the wrong place. <laughs> Fix it back on Jesus. Phew. Fix it back on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Let us run the race. Hebrews 12. Let us run the race with perseverance. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Fixing our eyes on on Jesus. I feel the anointing, man. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, Lord, for your word today, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your word today, Lord. Let faith arise in the hearts of your precious people. Let faith arise in the hearts of your precious people here today, God. Lord, there are many people here today that have been beaten down and people have said things that have hurt them. People have done things to hurt them. Things have happened in life that has affected them. Or we all are, me. We have scars of battles all over us. But today, God, you want to release faith to your people. Not just one word, not the faith that just comes, but the faith that sustains. The faith that keeps you. The faith that gives you the power to walk on your storm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for your precious people that are going through storms right now. This is your word. You asked me to preach it, and I've done my part, Lord. Now, Holy Spirit, you do what you do.
You do what you do. And I speak life. I speak life to your endeavors. I speak life to your dreams. I speak life. I speak life to those things you've given up because you thought you were lost it because you something went wrong and you gave up on it. I speak life to those to those to those opportunities that you've walked away from. I speak life to your I speak life to your visions. I speak life to you, friend. I speak life to you. Whew, I feel the presence of God. I, I speak life. I speak life into your into your business. I speak life into your family. I speak life into broken relationships. I speak life. I speak life into your finances. I speak life. I speak life in the name of Jesus. I speak life. I speak life. And I rebuke fear right now. I rebuke fear from your life. I rebuke that spirit of fear. It doesn't belong in you. That fear is not yours. It doesn't belong to you. What's yours is the faith of God. Fear is from the devil. Faith is from God. What you have inside of you is the faith of God. So right now, Lord, we rebuke fear. I rebuke fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Thank you, Jesus. Faith and hope arise right now into your spirits. Where you had given up, may faith come back to say, no, it's not over till God says it's over. I'm not quitting. I don't care what my boss said. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what people say. I'm not going to wait to get a vote from people to do what God's asked me to do. The God who began this good work will be faithful to complete it. Hallelujah. Would you put your hand over your heart real quickly? <coughs> Say this, the same spirit, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, from the dead lives, in me. lives in me. The same faith, the same faith that, Jesus has, that Jesus has, I have. I have, I have the faith of God. Nothing is impossible for me. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, touch your people in a fresh way right now, bringing faith, bringing hope, bringing love, bringing joy. Thank you, Jesus. We pray and believe that this teaching has been a blessing to you. For more information, including the location and time of our services, please visit brazengrace.org. God bless you.